Hello, everybody. This is the Eye of the World. Ira Lipsy bring you another edition of Heavy Jams, a grateful podcast. This is episode four, A New Hope. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, you'll understand that reference. Today, we have a very special show. We have a listener-submitted set list. This is a gentleman that I've known for a long, long time, ever since I was in high school. He is a few years older than me, and he has been around to some shows, and he picked out his highlights from the shows he's been to. And then St. Stephen and I, who will be probably probably be joining us a little bit later in the show, we augmented um, Stevie B's set with some other additions from those particular shows. So some of this stuff you're going to be familiar with. We've actually played some songs from some of these shows before. Some of it should be new to you, but all of it is top-notch, good quality, and a lot of fun. Steve, first of all, you sent me your list, and you said that uh, you were at St. Paul Civic Center. This is going to be our first song. It's a Bertha. St. Paul Civic Center, 8682. That was the first song you heard live. Bertha's a great one. What, what, um, how old were you in 82, if, if you don't mind me asking? It, it was right before I went to college. I was going to summer camp in northern Wisconsin near Duluth. And we had time off. And it was towards the end of the summer. And we heard boys were playing in, in St. Paul. And we got about eight guys together, went up to the camp director. Because they usually let us take time off, but they wouldn't let us drive to Minneapolis for that three hours. So they went to the camp director and asked them, hey, can we take a little longer day off? We're only going to be gone a day. We'll be back to camp the next day, but can we go down to Minneapolis for, uh, for a concert? He was like, we thought he'd say no, but he said, sure. So we all piled into up cars, and we drove to St. Paul in Minneapolis that day. It was, a, it was a, I don't know what day of the week it was. It was a, the 6th of, um, of August. And went to the St. Paul Civic Center, and it was. This was all, you know. I, I listened to the band. I was, I was, I was getting into the music, but the whole scene was not something that I was uh, necessarily ready for. And I remember our seats were very back before, kind of on the risers. And I kind of sat there in awe of everything, trying to figure it all out. Uh, and then when we got back in the cars that night, you know, I was as we drove back, I kind of dozed off to sleep. I um I said this I think I'd like to do this again but I got to really figure it out because there were certain guys who had a little more experience they were kind of pushing towards the front they were dancing and I was kind of just sitting there kind of am I allowed to get up am I allowed to not get up going on mm-hmm. those are some weird dudes over there that guy looks a little bit sketchy <laughs> um, oh those those guys are just spinning around like a top uh, didn't know about any of it and uh, and I do remember that. that Bought my first piece of merchandise from the band. I didn't buy it in a lot. I don't know if there was really a lot back then in '82. I'm sure there probably was. But I bought a, uh, a Dead Set T-shirt. It was a green sleeve, gray, gray uh, Dead Set um, cover on the, on the front of it. Probably the, the door dates on the back, whatever it was. I had that shirt for a while. But yeah, first Bertha was the first song, and I remember, remember like hearing Mingle with Blues and getting that confused with. Uh, with uh, the ZZ Top song, that she is protected, they say that. I wasn't real single with blues. Um, or Lazy Lightning, which they didn't play anymore. Stopped playing that in like 85 or before. Hearing Lazy Lightning and not realizing that was kind of special. But Scarlet Fire, I remember, and uh, that was part of that show. And 
And obviously, they did Tennessee Dead Up, which obviously I knew from being from Tennessee. And uh, they did Trucking, which was great, the first show. So, yeah, it was, it was fun, but it was, uh, it was definitely not – I was definitely a novice. There was no doubt about it. Definitely a novice. Yeah, I know what you mean by that because my first show was at Soldier Field in 93. And, you know, not only do you have all that stuff you mentioned about the sketchy people and the spinners and this guy and that guy, but on top of all that, you know, it was a 60,000-seat stadium. And Sting was the opening act. And my buddies and I are standing there, you know, for Sting. And it's like you're at some outdoor picnic, but Sting just happens to be playing. And it was just like a total, totally surreal experience. So, you know, I know exactly what you mean, but that, that's an awesome birth of lots of energy. And then you go into this, we got we go into this Jack Straw from the Carrier Dome, Syracuse, New York, 10-20-84, and it's a first set closer. And you in your notes, you put furious, and that's a, that's a good way to describe that Jack Straw. It's, it's pretty money, I got to admit. It's, a, it's, a, it's as strong as Jack Straw as I can remember from a jam camp in the end. And uh, that I have saw, I'm sure there are other ones out there. It was, it was more jammed out, more rock soul Jack Straw than probably what you might have gotten in the '70s uh, for for what an '80 '84 show, I believe it was. Was it '84 that I, that I said it was? I believe so. Yes. Um, and the, the Carrier Dome was like going to a to the Soldier Field type show. If anyone has been to Syracuse, New York, Carrier Dome is a 60,000 seat football stadium, and Every time you go to the carriage, I'm sure if you listen to the whole show, there's probably one point where Bobby's going to take a step back. Hey, the guys in front are getting a little bug-eyed up here. Please take a step back. And the band had gotten really ticked off because it was out of control. Uh, and people were, like, being really crushed up in front. And they just took off this jack straw, and Jerry just goes wild for for the for the last the last part of it, for the jam. And it just keeps going and going and going and building and building and building until, until the end when they uh, – they take it out. And then I think at the end of it, um, when Bobby goes off the stage, and we'll take a break or whatever. I think he says, hey, we're going to take a little bit, bit, bit of a break and take a step back. He, they were pretty they were pretty ticked off. They weren't happy. And I believe that was the last time they played the Carrier Dome. And I do also remember that going into the show, they had the, they had the uh, I don't know what these guys were. They were, um, security were a bunch of football players or something. And they were checking everything. They were checking under hats. They were checking. I, they probably would ask me to pull my pants down and look up my butt, um, looking for whatever they were trying to. They must have confiscated more, more of everything at that show than, than I have, whatever. So they weren't really, they weren't arresting anybody. They were just like taking them. So I think the Syracuse police made a huge haul and probably sold them to the black market. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, that was, it was a pretty crazy show. Um, and yeah, it was, it was crowded. A lot of folks down on the floor that didn't need to be down on the floor. Um, yeah, I know what you I know what you mean. I know what you mean by that. All right, here we are. We're back. We just talked about the the, the Jack Straw from the Carrier Dome and St. Stevens joining us on the phone. Stephen, we talked a little bit about the birth and the Jack Straw. Uh, very strong first set closer, Jack Straw, and a smoking hot Bertha. And then you get into the get off the balcony, Stagger Lee. Steve, you you got to set the scene for us because I've never been to that to that venue. Uh, and wh- I mean, where was it literally like a balcony or like were people just like, I mean, what was the, what, what kind of scene was that? Yeah, I had lawn seats, but my buddy snuck me in, so we were probably halfway down of the lower bowl of of, of, uh, of the back, and there's a balcony, 
So if you, if you see pictures, there's like, there's like a um, there, there's what a ledge or whatever walkway that goes up to the balcony, and then there's a lower level and there's the lawn. And that, and that you know, '85 they were they were they were you know a lot of people at shows at that point. It wasn't like I guess the days of true craziness with gate crashes and stuff like that. But they were getting thirty-five thousand to go to a show on a summer night. And uh, in '85, I'll say they were playing pretty well. But yeah, there's so this guy I guess was hanging off, like I guess had his feet dangling off the balcony. And Bob and Jerry and Phil get get on this case and get off the balcony. <laughs> it's a funny, it's a funny deal. They, you know, Bob tells a joke or Phil tells a joke or something. So I'm actually. Uh, and, they, and they never talked to the fans. They never said anything. They, they hear Jerry's voice other than singing was odd. So to hear him say, "Hey, foot, get off the balcony," whoever was that, that was funny. But the main thing was picture was of this cool online. Play. What's that again? I'm looking at a picture of this place online. It's actually cool images. Right. That's wild. <laughs> and I guess I guess you had a pretty good if you were in the back, you had a pretty good view of everything and sound looks good inside. So um it was a pretty day. Yeah, that that was a weird that, that you know, you talk about the fans, you know, dead fans get that you get all cross sections of the world and that's where I'm, you know, you go to take a fortified and you come out and you know, some guy turns you and you know, offers you something, and it's like, yeah, how you, how you like some PCP? I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> that's kind of that's what happened to Stack. I remember this guy walked out, walking in front of porta potty, and hey, you want? Some I'm like, no, thank you. But um, yeah, pretty weird folks, some weird folks there. You always you never knew what you're going to find in Red Show. Definitely, you could probably find some awesome. PCP if you wanted it. That's pretty funny though. Yeah, absolutely. And then they go into the Staggerly, which was one of my early favorite songs. I love a good version of Staggerly. It's, you know, what we've talked about on this show before is about, you know, the the different genres of music that the Grateful Dead, you know, handle blues, folk, rock, country. This is kind of a, you know, a country folk type song. And it's always a good one. You know, she shot him in the balls and all that good stuff. It's a great, but what's interesting, if you continue listening, I, I picked the Staggerly because the part had the get off the balcony part, but if you listen on, they go, I think they do Staggerly, El Paso, and after El Paso, which is great, they do Crazy Fingers. And after Crazy Fingers, they start doing the supplication stuff, and it's like, Jerry's trying to get Bob to sing Lazy Lightning, and he just doesn't want to do it, and eventually just goes, screw it, Bob, you're not going to sing what I want you to sing, I'm, I'm doing two in a row, and he went from Crazy Fingers Supplication jam right in the high times, which is awesome. So if you, if you continue the rest of that set from the Staggerly, uh, El Paso was great, and then the the, the Crazy Fingers supplication, you hear like Jerry just kind of kind of rip it, and you hear a little feedback. He's like, "Screw you, Bob! I'm taking another direction because you don't want to sing what I want you to sing." Uh-huh, nice. So, it's pretty cool. Ira, Ira, we we actually uh, actually what's so cool about having Steve on this today is like a lot of these shows that he's pulling out. Like I've had these bootlegs. For years, like, I remember what you're talking about. I forgot. Like, I haven't listened to it in a long time. But it's so cool to hear because that show, I've had that bootleg forever. The Brendan Byrne 83 I've had that we're going to get into. And then that Hershey Park. I mean, that's that was one of, you know, Ira and I's favorite tapes ever growing up. And you were actually at these shows. It's so awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the SPAC show was the night before Hershey. So we go to SPAC, get in the car. We drove, drive all night to Hershey, which is probably a good – Six or seven hours from from 
back at six or seven hours from Hershey, and we stopped in Binghamton, New York, at a buddy's house on the way down because you're going down I-81 to get to, to Hershey. And uh, the next day we wake up, and it is it is it is pouring down rain. It is like rain you have never seen before driving down I-81 from Binghamton. We finally get to the show. We get in the lot. The lines are crazy to get in the show. And we finally get in the show right when they start with the first first uh, the first set. We finally walked, and I can't even remember what they opened with. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it was complete. we sat in the rain. That's when Bob says he talked about in one of the deals. He played the music never stopped from Hershey, from Hershey, right? Oh yeah. That's something at the beginning. We're going to start our singing in the rain because it was raining like cats and dogs at, at Hershey. And by the end of the show, it had finally let up, and it was you know we ended up sleeping in the, in the in the parking lot and then going back to New York the next day. But yeah, it was. Uh, those were two of the best shows I remember seeing back to back. The back to Hershey. Back in those times, back in the eighties, early, early to mid eighties. Yeah, I mean that summer, that summer of eighty five tour, we talk about it a lot, and that's a unbelievable tour. And then we wrap up our first set with, oh, I'm sorry, the summer eighty five shows. Like we've probably heard ninety percent of that tour. Like we've always said over the years, I were like, if we could ever go back and do like a run of shows, like summer eighty five would be very high. Summer eighty five, like, those, those were so were- good. That they, they brought the they brought the triple back out, eighty five, and we, yeah. we were all hoping for. And I had to go back to New York. I was going. I was in uh, working here in Memphis here at the store, and went on a buying trip with my parents in New York, and they were buying from their lady shop, and hooked up with my buddy from college and went to the shows. I had to get back to New York to take the flight home. He kept on going. He went down to uh, Merriweather, and had I not had to get back to New York, I would have stayed with them and gone to Merriweather. And I think at Merriweather they played Cryptical that I never got to hear. Yeah, it was a little Cryptical. He's gone. Oh, it's such a good show. That's so one of your favorites. I had that Shakedown Street. We played that one. Oh, yeah, that Shakedown is off the charts, man. That whole second set is so good. And that Hershey show, just like we, were, we played the Music Never Stopped and the Tom Thumb Blues. I mean, right. that, that, I've heard that show probably as much as I've heard any Grateful Dead tape. Yeah, same here. There's hundreds of times I've played this show. It's so awesome, so awesome there. All right, we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about that in, in a few. Uh, and then we wrap up our first set with the uh, Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts, ten twenty one eighty three Brent's birthday with a little happy birthday tease before the Scarlet Fire. And I'm really glad you brought this one to my attention, Steve, because it's really not one that I had on my radar as far as Scarlet Fires go. But, yeah, it's, it's damn good. I mean, when 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 you're lucky enough to listen to Sirius, and they have to play something that you a show you've been through. When someone's on one of the one of the one of the Facebook pages and says, "Give me a good Scarlet Fire," that's one I pull out because the the transition between Scarlet and Fire, I've never heard them go that direction ever in a Scarlet Fire that that level. Um, it it, uh, it goes to different places for sure. And a lot of people aren't real familiar with it, but it's got to rank up there in one of the best '80s, sure, if not, you know, all time. Everyone talks about Cornell and things like that, but it's one of my, it's definitely my favorite Scarlet Fire for shows that I've been to. And um, yeah, that's all I can say about it. Listen to the transition between the Scarlet and the Fire, and that's that's the reason. I was listening to that one earlier today. It is really, it's really cool. You're right; it's very unique, and and I had not heard that one before. Um, that, that's what's so cool about having you point some of these shows out for us. Like, that's something I've never heard before. It's, it's incredible. Very, very cool version. 
Yeah, that's good stuff. And then we go into a little set break, and of course we're we're gonna start to bring you a little, um, you know, a little off the beaten track type song for the set break. Going back into the second set, so going into the second set, we'll have a little bright side of the road. Van Morrison cover by Jerry Band. Uh, I'll have to get the date for you on that one. But uh, so let me set the scene for you. We got the first set for you. It's Bertha from eight six eighty two St Paul Civic Center. Then we go to the Jack Straw. Carrier Dome, Syracuse, New York, 10-20-84. Then we have the Get Down Off the Balcony and Stagger Lee, 6-27-85 from SPAC. And then the, oh, I didn't even mention the Big Railroad Blues, my bad. Unbelievable Big Railroad Blues from the Meadowlands, 4-17-83. And then to wrap up the first set, the Worcester Centrum, 10-21-83, Brent's birthday. So you guys enjoy. We'll be back in a little bit to tell you a little bit about the second set and what we've got planned. We've got some bonus stuff. From your window, I was all night running. Lord, I wonder if you care. I had a run in, run around and a run down.
Take a short break, we'll be right back. Everybody move back. Hey, you all up on the balcony, uh, the, the management has requested that you kindly don't hang off there. You want to, you got to realize that that first step's a real doozy. And, uh, and so kind of, don't hang off the balcony. Seriously now. Yo, Bush, you. See those guys? The you there. Stop hanging off the balcony. Get back in the seat, would you? There's 50,000 people waiting for you to get back in your seat, man. You got any friends up there? There we go. I say, Phil, my dog has no nose. No nose? How does he smell? Blooming awful. <laughs> Sorry, man, that goes for you two over here, man. Hey, get back in, man. We don't want you falling on somebody else. You do it yourself to what you want, man.
All right, what a first set. Unbelievable. Bertha, Jack Straw, Stagger Lee, Big Railroad, and the 30-minute Scarlet Fire on Brent's birthday from the Centrum in Worcester. Of course, second set, you're going to hear a bright side of the road. Now, the second set, Steve's got a Black Queen Ico Ico that he recommended from the Meadowlands in New Jersey, 41683, sung by special guest Stephen Stills of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Sometimes Young. And then Stephen, St. Stephen, suggested that we go a little bit further because then they go into a little Bob Star other one. So we so we went all the way through Black Queen through the other one on this one. And uh that's that the the I've heard, I'd heard that the Stephen Stills Black Queen before on a show from like maybe the 60s or 70s that they did it. But this I didn't even realize that they had done it again, you know, in the 80s. That's pretty cool. Right. Well that that was back I, I was a freshman in college. I was going to Ithaca College just in New York and obviously that was the first tour where I was like all in. I went to Minister in uh in uh, St. Paul. They played in the Carry Dome for the first time in my freshman year when I was a freshman, first semester freshman, and went with some buddies and was still a real novice. By then, I'd met a good buddy of mine who I've since lost touch with, which is kind of kind of a shame. We, we go to shows, and we went to six shows over, over that last during the, the spring tour of '83. Uh, one in Binghamton, New York. One in Rochester. Two in Brendan Byrne and two in New Haven, Connecticut. And um, my, my grades certainly suffered. I mean, I almost you know, got it tested. <laughs> so I missed so, miss so many Friday classes. Yeah, my, my grade point average that second semester was not good, but I had a good time. Um, but, yeah, I went, went, to, went to the Meadowlands, didn't have tickets. Probably paid too much to a scalper to get in the door because I got worried that I wasn't going to be able to find a ticket. And this happened to be not the right place because there were plenty of tickets around. Just paid too much. We got inside. Got separated from my buddies. Finally found them somewhere. It was like, oh, there they are. And, like, you walk into a show and it's like, you're like, where's everybody? Where are my friends? Where are they supposed to be? Oh, yeah, they like to hang out on the side, on the still side. I'll go over to the side and hang out over there on the riser. And you go down, like, five rows and they're sitting there. Going, ah, I found you. <laughs> that was the one time that uh, the Stephen Still plays was the, the two times. He came out two nights. played both the 16th and 17th of, of April. Uh, where they had a special guest that came out. And we were trying to figure out what was going on because Parrish came out and put out an amplifier uh, after drums, or it might have been at the set break. And we're like, why are they putting another amplifier out? You know, and that reason was they had Stephen still showed up to play a couple songs. But yeah, but that was a tour that Bob did Bob Star a couple times. That little Bob Star kitty, which is kind of strange. Uh, and then he kind of got tapered. So I saw a couple of Bob Stars. That's the one thing I can say is that you know, tour in 83, I saw two Bob Stars. <laughs> hey, did you ever see a Dark Star? I never saw a Dark Star. You know, I, I, I chased, chased Dark Star, never saw a Dark Star. Chased Sporting Zoo, only saw it twice. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you're not in the right place at the right time. Well, but at least you got a Bob Star. To see, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Lay Me Down. It's some things that they, you know, some obscure stuff. But never Dark Star. But I got Bob Star. <laughs> consolation there. It's a good, it is a good. It is a good consolation prize. I think it's what a really cool like. Yeah, it's a strange little thing, but it's. I, man, I again, when I was probably a junior senior in high school, uh, our our friend Pete 
gave me this uh, this tape. This Brendan Burns show. Did you ever hear it? Did he ever give you that one? Did you ever know it? I think I had a different Brendan Burns show. I don't think I had that one. This one, it was a, it was really cool. And like, I didn't know. I was like, Black Queen, like, what's going on? And it goes into, that was a really cool song. It goes into Ico Ico. And then I, I know that they kind of like acknowledge Steve Stills at the end of it. And then the Bob Star, the other one, I think, is a really awesome version of the other one. I've always yeah. loved the other one. Bob Star. I just want to be one of them little stars. <laughs> yeah. He does one of those uh, uh, estimated, uh, you know, howls or whatever. And one of his little. Oh yeah. Oh. Stephen, you want to do what? Saint Stephen, you want to do one of those for us? What me or? No, Saint Stephen. <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching. What was I, What was the? Uh, oh, the shakedown stream last Friday night was the um, Giant Stadium six seventeen ninety one. And I was counting the how many highs he did at the end of uh, Sugar Magnolia. <laughs> Bob's always good for a, for a half dozen or so highs. I do love this era. I mean, that is so awesome, Steve, that you got to see him uh, in this early, like in during the '80s. I mean, even I mean, there's always these different little fragments of the Grateful Dead in history, and they sound different at every little point. But even this this '80s stuff is uh, is so cool to listen to. And especially like 83, 84, 85, when Brent kind of changes his keyboards up a little bit. He's got that kind of keyboard sound uh, that's really cool. And I think it starts like in 83, 84, 85. It's a, that was a really good era uh, of shows, I think. I mean, everybody likes their their eras. A lot of the old guys around early say that the best era was, you know, 72 was fantastic, 77 or whatever. But everybody likes what they saw. So is that your favorite, like, what are your favorite Grateful Dead years, if you had to pick, like, a year I or mean, two or three? I, I'd probably, you know, I'll probably listen to what, I, what I've been through just because it's familiar, and then I'll go yeah. back, so if someone posts something, to so listen to someone from 74, 75, or whatever. I mean, my favorite, my favorite, like, bootleg of all time was the Great American Music Hall, I mean, 75 or 76, whenever they did that one. It was oh, one, the one from the vault, which is fantastic. Uh, incredible. So, I mean, the help, and, and in 83, you got to remember, in 83, when I was in spring of 83, that's when they brought Help Slip Franklin back. Yeah. So, you know, going, those, when we were seeing them in 83, those six shows, and we missed a couple in between. We didn't see all six in a row. We probably heard three, you know, we played three Help Slip Frank during that, you know, that, during those six shows. So what so was that like when they brought back. that back? Everybody went crazy, you know. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was fun. And at that point, you know, I was still getting, I wasn't completely familiar with I wish I'd been a little bit more familiar in 83 when I was seeing shows as I was now to be able to appreciate a little bit more, pay a little bit more attention. But, um, you know, it is what it is. When you're 19 yeah. or 18 years old and you're partying and you're having a good time and, you know, it's not always something that's got the music as much as it should be, I guess. Yeah. That's fun. That. Yeah, always a blast. All right, so after that other one, then we kind of do a little reverse maneuver here because normally you would go space maybe and then other one out of the space. But Steve recommended the I Need a Miracle in Morning Dew from the Hershey Show, 628.85. And St. Stephen recommended to include that space. And that is there were a couple. The space from Meriwether Post is really good. The space from the 628 show is very good. So we included the entire space. It's only about seven minutes into the miracle 
where you have maybe a little miscommunication because it does sound like Phil is going to go into the other one. But it goes into Miracle, a heartfelt, emotional morning dew. And then St. Stephen recommended, let's just play it out, the throwing stones and the not fade away. And they're both good, up-tempo, funky, fun versions. And that that four-song roll right out of uh, out of Space, Miracle Dew, Throwing Stones and Not Fade, are, are fantastic. And I know St. Stephen's a huge fan of Keep Your Day Job, uh, but we did not include that. Yeah, that was a good man. hard for that. They, they they do great. They do Miracle, which is great. Do which is great. Throwing Stones, which is always fun. The Not Fade Away is, is, is fantastic. I think because at some point I think that Bob takes a solo and Not Fade Away. You gotta listen for it, but somewhere in there you can hear Jerry kind of takes a step back. I think Bob steps up and takes a solo and Not Fade Away. And then they finish the show out, and they, I think you get the Not Fade Away clap, and then they come out and get day job. <laughs> oh, you know, day job. You know, everyone loves everyone loves a good day job, but. Uh, <laughs> Keep your day the old-fashioned day, old day, day job. Day job. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, Steve, what was it? Was, it that, was that your, uh, you said you were chasing the morning dew. That was your first ever morning that dew? First, that was the first, first morning dew. After, that was probably my, I have to count, but 85 at that point, 15th, 20th show, somewhere in that area. 18th, wow. whatever it would be, and yeah, that first dew. And then I didn't see it, didn't see it again and I just see a lot of shows from 86 through 87. 88, I saw Stu. 89, I saw Stu. Um, but the next morning do was at uh, Alpine Valley in 89. They played it when they were finishing up the tour and, and, uh, there. So, oh, that's yeah, just a, couple, just a couple. Right and some people, you know, I guess, some, you know, I got a lot of Stella Blues. I got a lot of Warfrat. Uh, you know, a few Black Peters. Usually Stella Blue and Warfrat is what I would do, which is okay. Yeah. Um, Morning Dew is in my all-time, I think it's becoming, probably hit up in my all-time top five Grateful Dead songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's always a treat. Um, Steve, before we let you go, because I know you got you and St. Stephen real time, time restricted, um, I guess my question is, just generally speaking, because you've been to J-Rad shows, you've been to Dead & Company shows, do you feel like since the 50th anniversary shows at Soldier Field five years ago, there's been somewhat of a resurgence, and you see some more younger kids getting into the dead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at Dead and Company show, there's a lot of young kids. You know, there are a lot of young kids that are that are look like they're war brats. They're looking for the free ticket or the whatever. Uh, it's not a bunch of old folks, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I was I got I got young adult children that was fortunate enough to be able to take them last summer to Atlanta and we had a blast and ran into some friends from Memphis who had their college age kids there as well or young adults um, that were kind of being introduced to it and we had, we had a fantastic time on the lawn we weren't in the pavilion we were on the lawn but that, it, was, it was great and they played you know because they were in Atlanta they played a lot of you know Tennessee Mississippi they played I think they did Alabama Getaway I think Tennessee Dead which was fun you know be, my, two of my kids went to, went to UT so they had played Tennessee Dead was fun um Awesome. Yeah, it was, there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of young people. It, it, I've only been to a couple of J-Rad shows, uh, or one J, two J, one J-Rad show, two J-Rad shows, I can't even remember. Not many. Um, they don't only come to Memphis for some reason, and they got to travel, and sometimes it's hard to get away. I wish they would come play at Graceland or 
Minglewood. I think they did well. Um, and I had J-Rat tickets for St. Louis, and that was canceled, unfortunately. Do you like, do you uh, like the J-Rat a lot? Yeah, it's a, diff- it's a different take. It's, it's a more, I don't know if it's more jazzy. It's definitely faster, uh, a little more furious. But, you know, the guys in town, the guys in Memphis, the, uh, uh, the Left on Sun guys are doing a good job. And uh, who comes from, from St. Louis also? Um, I can't remember. They played on New Year's Eve. They were pretty, pretty decent, you know, and Free World does a good job. And there's always some good jam bands on. I wish there was more of it, you know. Some of those things they've done at Minglewood Hall have been really cool. The collaborations of like the different uh, right. different people that get together and play. I, I can't believe how like I didn't I had low expectations, but man, it's actually it's actually been really fun to see that. Yes, it's nice. It's crazy. But coming back to Memphis, 1987, I guess out of college, and there was a local band called Beanland that would play yeah. at Beanland. So Beanland, they would play at what I guess is now the Blue Monkey. That's getting burned down. It's not even there anymore. Whatever was down there near uh, Kudzu's downtown near the Central Station area. They used to play there a couple times a year. They were from Oxford, and there was Free World. That was about it. That's all that you really saw because that was it. You know, but there wasn't a lot of a lot of cover bands at that point. And now they're you know they're all over the place. And you know it's it's nice to look. It's I can always I'll always have fun listening to that music. It could be anybody playing. The guys that come from Nashville that are really good. We saw at uh, Young Avenue. Um, Stolen Faces is awesome. They were great. Yeah. We saw them and they, they played at at, Mingle, at uh, Young Avenue in December and they were they were great. That guy that guy guy's name the lead guitarist. He can he's really good, really good. Uh, you know you can't go wrong. If, if, even a bad cover band that cover band's better than anything. <laughs> yeah. I hear you on that. Yeah, right. Now we're going to finish with uh, with our own rendition of Shakedown Street. Yeah. We might set a new low or a new high, depending on how you want to look at like, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. All right, look, we're going to go ahead and kick off this second set. Uh, first, you're going to hear Bright Side of the Road. That's a Jerry Band song. Well, it's a cover of Van Morrison done by the Jerry Garcia Band. I think it's a mid-late 80s, maybe even early 90s version then you've got Black Queen, Ico Ico, Bob Star, and the other one, and that's from the Meadowlands of New Jersey, four sixteen eighty three. And then to wrap it up, you've got Space, I Need a Miracle, Morning Dew, Throwing Stones, and Not Fade Away, and that's from the infamous Hershey Show, six twenty eight eighty five. So enjoy that. I want to thank Saint Stephen for joining us on the phone, and a special thanks to Stevie B for contributing the majority of this. Uh, set list and Steve will call on you again to, to provide another set list for us at some point down the road. I'm happy to do it and, and as, as Steve Parrish would like to say you know, the situation is the boss right now so let's hope the situation stops being the boss. Exactly. No doubt. Steve this is really great we really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and doing oh, this which has really been fun. I want to post and I'll have to go listen to it. Alright. Enjoy, folks. Enjoy, folks. <laughs> 
to be, long as we are, I just want to be one of them little stars. Just fine. All you gotta do is hang up there and shine. 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 Hang up there and shine.
that shiny ball of blue We're gonna follow So the kids they dance and shake their bones And the politicians go in stone Singing ashes, ashes all fall down Ashes, ashes all fall down
driving past.